It is Monday, April 3rd, 2023, and welcome to episode 202 of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you quickly up to speed three times a week on the national security and foreign policy debates shaking up America. I'm Lester Munson, NSI Senior Fellow, and joining me are Jamil Jaffer, NSI's Founder and Executive Director, and Jessica Jones, a recent addition to the Marvel canon. Last week, the Senate voted 66 to 30 to repeal two authorizations for the use of military force, or AUMF. One from 1991 authorized the original Persian Gulf War to push Iraq out of Kuwait. The second from 2002 authorized the U.S. invasion of Iraq the following year over weapons of mass destruction that we should note were really never found. The measure... This repeal measure was led by Senators Tim Kaine and Todd Young, one Democrat, one Republican. It still needs to pass the House, although Speaker Kevin McCarthy has said he favors passage of the bill. President Biden, for what it's worth, has agreed to sign the bill if it is brought to his desk. Last Congress, the House voted to repeal both AUMFs by a substantial margin, but the but the Senate never took it up. Proponents argue that the two AUMFs are no longer necessary so long as the president has the authority under a third AUMF, the 2001 bill passed in the immediate aftermath of 9-11. That authorization gives the president the ability to go after terrorists around the world so long as they are somehow connected to the attacks of 22 years ago. Opponents of repeal worry the president might need the flexibility to act against various threats in the Middle East, such as Iran-backed militias in Iraq. And let's note that uh, one of these uh, opponents is Mitch McConnell, the Senate Minority Leader, so that's fairly notable. Uh, fans of congressional prerogatives in foreign policy, including perhaps some people on this podcast, will celebrate the repeal as a reassertion of congressional authority to declare war. We should also note that during consideration uh, a couple of weeks ago, there was an amendment offered by Senator Rand Paul to repeal the 2001 AUMF. That's the one related to the 9-11 attacks. It failed massively, only winning nine votes in favor, five Democrats, four Republicans. So uh, I think the question before us today, Jamil, and I want to go to you first, is, is this a significant event? Uh, and not necessarily the Senate vote itself, but if, if Congress and the president actually repeal these AUMFs, is this a good thing and does it matter? Well, I mean, unless it's an interesting question, because, of course, the 2002 AUMF, I mean, look, put aside the 1991, which I think everybody agrees is largely out of date. I think the interesting thing about the the second Iraq AUMF is that, you know, the Obama administration actually utilized that AUMF and cited it uh, for support when it went after ISIS in Iraq, um, you know, back in the, you know, 2013, 2014 timeframe. And of course, the Trump administration um, also cited the Iraq second, the second Iraq AUMF as the basis for it going in, going after Qasem Soleimani, an Iranian, uh, you know, leader, general, the leader of the, of the Iranian uh, Revolutionary Guards Quds Force, uh, when he was in Iraq as he was supporting Iranian-backed militias there in Iraq. So, you know, both prior administrations, immediate prior administrations, the Biden administration um, have used this authority uh, going forward. So I think it it may really matter, you know, whether we repeal this authority. Now, the Biden administration admittedly has come out with a statement of administration policy, as you noted, um, supporting the repeal. But, you know, so did the Obama administration administration before it cited it as the basis for its attacks inside of Iraq against ISIS. So go figure. Jones, I'm eager to hear kind of your uh, younger generation perspective here. I think one of, one of the virtues of, of repealing these AUMFs is not even really necessarily related <laughs> to the to the underlying issues at hand, but is related to restoring balance between the executive and the legislative on war making powers 
Congress has ceded a lot of authority to the president. I think pulling back the stuff that isn't really really being used and isn't on point right now might actually be a good thing. And restoring that balance could be good for our body politic. What do you think? Yeah, I'd point out, you know, Jamil mentioning Soleimani when President Trump invoked uh, the 2002 AMF. What did Congress do? It passed a joint resolution saying that the 01 and 02 AMS did not give him jurisdiction authorization to use force against Iran. Right. And President Trump actually had to veto that joint resolution. So you do see Congress trying to make some moves here. And, you know, re, you know, reading up and, and seeing what's tracking the issue. It's not surprising to your point, like. The, the Senate's taking this up. Like you mentioned, the 2001 House um, bill that largely does what the Senate does. You have the White House also supporting this. Um, and you see President Biden most recently really using his Article 2 powers to justify, you know, the airstrikes in Syria rather than the 2002 AUMF. So it seems, and I put seems a lot of emphasis on this, a pretty straightforward congressional development that the repeal, it, the repeal of the 2002 um, and that the House likely will pass it. So I'm not sure there's that much of a debate or that that this is that significant or it's hampering, you know, the president's ability or the, you know, U.S. national security interests and the defense thereof. All right. Well, let me let me play devil's advocate of my own position here and push you both and say uh, no, no less of a luminary than Senator Mitch McConnell, with whom I tend to agree on a lot of things, uh, has said he does not think it's a good idea to repeal the 2002 AUMF. And we ought to leave the president as much flexibility as he needs to take action in the Middle East. Uh, and he, he doesn't think this is a good idea. Um, I tend to respect his view. Is there a risk here that Congress would be unnecessarily limiting the president's ability to do things he needs to do? Well, Les, isn't that exactly the question just posed to me? If Congress wants to support the president and say aggression, you know, countering Iran, then they should pass an AUMF on that, like actually do something and be held responsible by their constituents. Their constituents disagree. Right. So I think, you know, John Cornyn came out and said that without the 2002 AUMF, the president would lose the ability to contain Iran. Well, that's I mean, you can read the wording of the 2002 AUMF. There's no mention of Iran. Right. So if Congress wants to act, they can do so. They can strengthen the U.S. national security posture by by taking action. Well, I mean, that is that is the debate. I mean, that is obviously what Rand Paul and other folks want. If they want Congress to act, they want them to act to, you know, reenact or repeal the 2001 AUMF, the, the now 20 plus year war on terror. Um, they want Congress to act when it comes to Iran. They want Congress to act and repeal when it comes to Iraq. I mean, these are not these are not crazy positions. Uh, but what's interesting is, you know, you still had 30 members of the Senate. All Republicans, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, um, who voted against this repeal specifically because they're concerned that it will hamper the ability of the president to address the very real fights that are going on in the Middle East. I mean, look, Americans continue to be killed in Syria by ISIS. ISIS is located in the lands between Syria and Iraq. We've never, you know, had an AUMF for, for the fight in Syria. And yet there are 900 American troops on the ground today, as we learned, um, in the last podcast we talked about when, when we talked about the killing of, of American soldiers by Iranian backed militias. So we know it's happening. And yet, you know, 30 Republicans said we want to support, we want to keep this legislation, this, 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 authority in place because we're concerned about very real threats to America. So Jones, to your point, I mean, I guess, I guess what I don't understand is you want Congress to pass an AUMF. I I did not say that. I I said, seems straightforward. Like I emphasize like realistically, will Congress be able to act and actually pass an AUMF? Okay. Maybe I I, I don't want to predict that kind of bar partisanship, but to your point, 30 Republicans not supporting the repeal. That means there's a bunch of Republicans that did. And there's a bunch of Republicans in the house that are going to as well. 
All right. I'm going to I'm going to close this by saying I think the most important part of this debate was actually the Rand Paul amendment to repeal the 9-11 AUMF. It failed massively. Only nine senators voted for it, kind of four on the extreme right, five on the extreme left. I think that demonstrates very broad support for American forces doing what they need to do in the Middle East in particular with respect to the global war on terrorism. And that's why it's useful for Congress to be engaged in these votes and to have these votes and to demonstrate that there is broad support for this. Uh, okay, that's a wrap. Thanks to Brooke Aga Khan from NSI and Claude Jennings for their help producing today's episode. Join us again on Wednesday for another episode of Fault Lines, the podcast that gets you smart fast on the national security debates shaking up America. And if you like what you heard, please rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.